Well, as you can probably guess, our theme this year is drawing near, drawing near to God. And the reason that I picked that theme was because it's what I needed. And if you ever want to know, or if you're ever curious what God is teaching me, look at our themes each year, because it's pretty much where I'm at with the Lord. And so this year, I just felt like, Lord, life is so busy. At least it is for me, and I think it is for you too, because I hear you say that. And I don't know, it just seems like life gets faster every year, that we're running from one thing to the next, that we're juggling plates, trying to get everything done. And the first thing that gets pushed aside when life gets like that is our time with the Lord. That's the tendency to push it aside because we think, well, God, I've, I, I want to meet with you later today and I will, but first I need to do this and then I'll get time. But the problem is that time later in the day usually doesn't come. And so we have to make it a priority. It has to be that most important thing. When we look at Jesus in the Gospels, he, no matter how busy he was in the ministry, and he was busy, but he always found time to pull away. It says that he would draw away to a lonely place by himself to spend time with the Father. There were still people that needed to be healed. There were still people that were coming to him with needs, but he knew I have to pull away. Because he knew that his strength came from his time alone with the Father. And that's where our strength comes today, time alone with God the Father. And so for us to get through these busy seasons of life, the first thing we need to do, attend to, is drawing away to time with Him. And so our theme verse this year is Hebrews 4, 16. It's on your bookmark and on your brochure, and we have it up here. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so my challenge for us this year is that we would be women who make a point to draw away, to draw near to God, to draw our strength from Him from that time. Well, how do we do that? Well, it's hard. And what I want to do this morning is something different. Instead of just teaching about drawing near to God, I want to share with you a method that was shared with me when I was between my junior and senior year in college. I was involved with Campus Crusade at that time, and I'd gone on a summer beach project, and one of the crusade staff taught us one evening on how to walk through the tabernacle in our quiet time. Some of you are familiar with that. And he shared it with us and then challenged us to go out that week and draw away with God and walk through the tabernacle. It, it changed my time with the Lord and I still to this day, many years later, I still use that method, not every day, because I don't want it to become like a formula, but I still use it. Even this morning, I was going through the tabernacle, driving here to meet with you. 
And so that is my challenge. And so what I want to do this morning is walk you through the tabernacle. We're going to do it together. And then I encourage you this week to take some time to do this by yourself with the Lord. And so let me uh, begin with just an overall picture of the tabernacle. And let me give a disclaimer here. The pictures that I'm going to show are not typical pictures of what I would show in women's ministry. Uh, some look like they're for children. Um, we have to remember there were no cameras in the wilderness. <laughs> there were no cameras. They wouldn't. Seth Stevens made the joke that they wouldn't let them take pictures inside the tabernacle. But there were no cameras at that time, so we don't have any exact pictures. These are all enactments or drawings of what it was like. But the tabernacle was made up of two parts. It had the outer court, which was the open air part that wasn't covered in, and then it had the inner court that was covered in the back. And all the Israelites, the Israelites could go in the outer court but only the priest could go into the inner court that was covered. What I love about the tabernacle is that every part of the tabernacle points us to Jesus Christ. And we as his believers today, we're his tabernacle today because just like his presence dwelt in the Holy of Holies, well, as New Testament believers, his presence dwells in us. Paul says that in 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? So we are that tabernacle today. And so first thing we do in, in, in our quiet time, in my quiet time, we enter the outer court. And you can take notes in those uh, journals that we have for you if you want to. And I want to applaud Sharon Morak, who made all these journals for you. So uh, be sure to thank her on the way out. She did a great job. But there was an entrance on the east side. This isn't a great picture, um, but there was an entrance on the east side of the, the, temp the tabernacle. It was the only entrance it was the only way to get in and eventually get to the Holy of Holies to meet with God, one way. And that points us to Jesus because just as that one opening on the east side was the only way in to meet with him, Jesus is the only way today for us to come into the presence of God. John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And so the application here of what I do in my quiet time, entering that inner court symbolizes a time of praise and thanksgiving because David tells us in Psalm 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And so begin your time of meeting with the Lord with praise and thanksgiving. You might sing a song. Sometimes I sing, much to the cat's disappointment, but sometimes I sing. Sometimes I will just take a psalm and praise him. 
or I'll take an attribute and praise him. And so we're going to begin today our walk through the tabernacle as we draw near to God together by singing a song of praise. So let's all stand and sing, holy, holy, holy. seated. So then as you walk into that outer courtyard, the first thing that you're going to come to is the altar of burnt offering or sacrifice. The Israelites would bring animals to Aaron and his sons, the priest, and there were slaughtering tables along the side walls. And they would slaughter these animals and then they'd put them on the, the altar to sacrifice to God for their sins on that altar. Thankfully, you and I don't have to slaughter an animal before we come meet to God because if we have trouble coming and meeting with God now, can you imagine how hard it would be if we had to take the time to slaughter an animal? But they did. And this altar points us to Jesus as the perfect and the final sacrifice for sins. He shed his blood on the cross, and that blood is sufficient for our sins. It clears the way for us to draw near to God. We, we have access to him without having to, to slaughter an animal because of the blood of Christ. So what's the application for us in our quiet time here? Well, as I walk to the altar of sacrifice, this is a place where I lay myself on the altar. And that's what we should, as we come there, we lay ourselves on that altar not to pay the penalty for our sins. That's been taken care of. But we lay ourselves on the altar to give ourselves to him. God, here I am. Use me. Make me usable. Lord, take me and use me however you want today. 
Romans 12, 1, Paul says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. That's what we do at this altar of sacrifice. We present ourselves to God as a sacrifice to say, God, I'm yours. Everything I have belongs to you. And so I want you to take a few minutes just in, in silence. I'll have the uh, worship band play a little music, but take a few minutes to just present yourself to him today as an offering. And then we're going to sing together a song of prayer. thing that we come to in the tabernacle after the altar is the basin or the labor for cleansing. And this was a bronze basin that was made of mirrors with water in it. And this is where Aaron and his sons, the priests, would wash their hands and their feet after they had slaughtered the animals, but it would cleanse them externally. And this labor or this basin for cleansing points us to Jesus and how he washed us white as snow on the cross with his blood. So we don't have to wash our external bodies to enter God's presence because we're clean. 
However, we still sin. And even though those sins are forgiven, we need to continue to bring them to Him and confess them just to restore that fellowship with God. Our relationship never changes. We're always His children once we accept Him. We're forgiven, but our fellowship gets strained when we sin. And so this is a time that we come before God and just say, God, show me if there's any unconfessed sin in my life. And I I pray that you don't store up your sins until you meet with the Lord each time. Uh, Hopefully, as you're walking through the day and you sin, whether it's a thought, and he does this to me all the time, I'll have a thought come into my mind and immediately I know, God, that was sin, I'm sorry. Sorry for that thought. Whether it's jealousy or whatever it is, And so this is a time for us to ask God to search our hearts. And so again, I want you just to take a moment and ask him just to search your heart as David said, search me God, show me if there's anything in my heart that I have not brought to you and confessed. And you may ask, have I spoken unkindly about somebody or to somebody recently? Is there pride? Is there jealousy, complaining, grumbling? Am I worried? Am I doing something that's disobedient? And so take a moment. We're just going to have a few moments. So we've finished the outer court, we've gone to the the altar, we've confessed our sins. Now we're ready to enter the inner court. And it is enclosed, it's covered with fabric and skins, and it's made up of two areas separated by a veil. The front area is the holy place, and behind the veil is the holy of holies, where God's presence was. And the holy place, that front area, had three things that the priest had to attend to daily. And so as they walked into the holy place, the first thing that they would see on the left side of the room was the candlesticks on a lampstand. There were seven candles that had to burn continuously. This was a dark area. There was no light in the holy place. It was completely shut in, and so the priests could not see how to do their work 
without these candles. And so they had to keep them burning continuously. And so they would trim the wicks morning and night, and they used olive oil to burn these candles. And that olive oil was the source that kept those candles burning. That lampstand and those candles points us to Jesus as the light of the world. He proclaimed that in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Just as those candles shone light to a very dark space, he is the light to a very dark world. But the oil that was used to keep those candles burning, that source of light represents the Holy Spirit. He is our power source to be a light to the world. It is the Holy Spirit in us that empowers us to live the Christian life and to shine for Christ. Because we're to be lights. And so in my quiet time, what I do here is that I come and I just, I ask the Holy Spirit to empower me. Lord, your spirit lives in me. Would you fill me? Paul tells us that in Ephesians 5.18, be filled with the Spirit. And all that means is to be surrendered to His Spirit and, and controlled, empowered by His Spirit. Let His Holy Spirit work through you and shine through you and keep your light burning instead of covered. And so that's where I just present myself to Him and say, fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit Today, Lord, control me. Empower me to do what you have asked me and called me to do. And so, again, we're going to take a few moments, and I'm just going to let you pray to him and just say, God, I surrender to the power of your Holy Spirit. Work in me and through me. Well, the next thing that they would see on this side was the table of, I mean, it was the candlesticks. And then when they walked across the room, on the other side of the room was the table of showbread. This was a table with 12 loaves of bread, six in each stack. And these are not like our loaves of bread because they didn't use leaven. They were flat. They were round. And each week on the Sabbath, the priest would eat the old bread and they'd replace it with fresh bread made by the people and they put frankincense on top. This table points us to Jesus as the bread of life. In John 6.35, he
He said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Jesus provides everything we need physically, spiritually. He is our provider. He sustains us. And so what I do at this point in my quiet time is that I just give thanks to my provider. I thank him for the things that he has done for me. And sometimes it may be, there are mornings that I will thank him for electricity when there's been a storm during the night or air conditioning in 110 heat index in Memphis, Tennessee. God is our provider. And so again, I want you to take a few minutes and in your journal, maybe just not a few minutes, a few moments, just to write down some things you're thankful for, whether it's people or provisions that God has done in just a few moments. And I know you could still write more, and I hope you'll go home this afternoon and maybe go through this again uh, at a slower pace. Well, the next thing that we come to in the inner court is the altar of incense, which is right in front of the veil that separates the holy place from the holy of holies. And on this altar, Aaron would burn fragrant incense twice a day in the morning and night. And then once a year on the Day of Atonement, he would put the blood of an animal sacrifice on the four horns of that altar to prepare him to go beyond that veil into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God. And that incense represents the prayers of the saints, which is a pleasing aroma to God. We read about that in Revelation 5, 8, Revelation 8, 3 through 4. They're both uh, referrals to our prayers, our, our, our prayers being like incense to God, that fragrant aroma as he hears us pray. And this altar of incense points to Jesus as our high priest, because he is now at the Father's right hand, interceding for us. He is praying for us on our behalf. Romans 8, Hebrews 7, both of those tell us about him interceding. And so the application in this section is that we would intercede for others and for ourselves. This is our time of prayer. Uh, David said in Psalm 141.2, may my prayer be counted as incense before you. So this is a time to pray. And I'm just going to give you a, a moment here again, but just jot down the name 
of one or two people, just somebody that God has put on your heart that you want to pray for and that you'll pray for this week or a situation. So just a, just a little... presented ourselves to God for service on that altar. We've confessed sin. We've asked the Holy Spirit to empower us. We've given thanks for providing for us. We've interceded for others. And now we're ready to just enter that Holy of Holies in our hearts with God, being in His presence. Because remember, we are His tabernacle today. And that's why we sang that. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Let my life be a place where you can just make yourself at home in my heart. And so we enter the Holy of Holies next. I don't have a picture for the Holy of Holies because I don't want to give you a picture of that. I mean, we know what was in there. We know the Ark of the Covenant was in there. There were two cherubim on the top. The presence of the Lord was in the, Holy, uh, the Ark of the Covenant. That represented His presence. But I don't want to give you any vision of what it was like because today I want us just to remember that we are in His presence 24 hours a day. We, we don't have to go through all the steps to get there, although I love to kind of get those things behind me so that I can now focus on Him. And so in the Old Testament tabernacle, there was that veil that separated the holy place from the holy of holies, and only once a year could the high priest go into the presence of God. When Jesus died on the cross, 
And because he died on the cross, and when he died on the cross, that veil was torn, and there's no longer a separation. We're in his presence continuously. But do we embrace that? Do we enjoy his presence? And so as we come to the Holy of Holies in our quiet time, this is a time for us to just enjoy being with him. We're focused on him. We've already prayed about all these needs. Now we're just kind of focused on him. And what I do in this time is that sometimes I'll sing. Sometimes I will journal. And sometimes this is where I usually spend time in his word because I want him to speak to me through his written word. Sometimes I just sit in silence and just picture being there with his presence, which I can't even picture. It's a time to enjoy him without any other distractions. I remember when I was on staff with Campus Crusade, one of our staff at our staff training gave a talk on quiet time and meeting with God. And he said something that day that I still remember to this day, many years later. But he said that the purpose of a quiet time isn't just to pray. Although prayer should be part of your time with the Lord, but that's not the purpose. The purpose of, of a quiet time isn't just to confess sin, although we should confess sin. And he went on, he said, the purpose of a quiet time isn't just to do Bible study, although we need to be in God's Word. So we're waiting, okay? These are not the purpose. What's the purpose? He, and, and then he went on to say, the purpose of a quiet time is to meet with God and enjoy his presence. To enjoy just being in the presence of God. And that is what we need to remember. Instead of rushing out the door, okay, I prayed, I've done this, I've done this. God, I just want a few moments to enjoy being alone in your presence. And so we're going to stand and we're going to just worship him as if we were in the Holy of Holies that day. And again, I pray that you will take time to walk through this. But let's sing and then I'll close us out in prayer. So stand with us as we worship him.
Father, I pray that we would make this a commitment in our hearts to draw near to you. That, Lord, every day we would find time to pull away from the things that tug at us and that we'd not let you get pushed to the side or to the background, and that, Lord, we would every day draw near and spend time with you and enjoy and embrace your presence, and that we'd never take that for granted. Lord, we don't have to go through what they went through in the Old Testament because of you and your blood. Lord, help us to embrace that this year as we draw near to you. And I pray, Lord, that our lives would be changed this year as we spend time enjoying your presence. I pray that we would not be the same women next August, but that we would have come to know you in a deeper way. Lord, work in us and through us. We pray this in your son's precious name. Amen. You're dismissed. unless you want to play violin music. <laughs>